right. Welcome back to the second episode of I Didn't Read Your Book. Uh, today, we are going to be uh, talking about Bringing Home the Rain by Bob McCaw. Uh, again, if I get the pronunciation wrong, he will get it right himself. So jumping right to the back of the book, I read a little bit before, um, but it sounded a little spicy and I wanted to get uh, my actual real live uh, uh, reaction. So the, uh, the book is called Bringing Home the, Rede Bringing Home the Rain, The Redemption of Howard Marsh One. So yes, there's more to come. Howard Marsh is a lot of things, a liar, a thief, a poor man's wizard. He's the product of a miserable county with more dirt roads and paved where poverty and loss is the order of the day. He's a man haunted by his past and has yet to find any reason to try to piece himself back together. Where we find him is at the bottom, eking out a living as a water witch, a copper thief, a finder of lost things. I think I know what two of those things are, but I guess we'll find out. Um, living in a storage shed and trying to maintain what's left of a of the frayed relationship, excuse me, the frayed relationships of the few family members who will still talk to him. Untrained, he uses the drugs. That's where I got. I was like, ooh. He uses the drugs that ravage his body to fuel his magic. Within these pages, Marsh will work to unravel two supernatural mysteries as only a redneck wizard can, poorly and with much cursing. In Bringing Home the Rain, he has to piece together just why it hasn't rained in months within the bounds of a perfect circle just south of town. Is it a curse gone out of control or the work of some fell creature? And in Dancing with Your Demons, I'm assuming that's the next one or maybe previous. Uh, in Dancing with Your Demons, he's on the trail of a missing woman whose infamous son once burned down a church. Is there a connection? Are there other forces at work? He is Howard Marsh, the magician. He's a travesty, but he's the best hope Jubal County has. So that's the back of the book. Again, Bringing Home the Rain, The Redemption of Howard Marsh One by Bob McCall. Um, yeah, like I said, uh, it, uh, going back to judging the book by its cover. Let's, uh, to judge in the book by its cover. Um, I don't know how well we can, there we go. Oh, oh, I'll get better at this. Bring home the rain and we got a nice little uh, uh, deer, antler skull thingy with some flowers and um, any mention of uh, drugs is going to uh, catch my attention. Um, and uh, I'm really wondering what exactly is it that, um, you know, I, I, there's a lot here that's got me interested, but I don't really know exactly what the story is gonna be. So I think that's actually a good sign of a, um, you know, the, 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 the back of the book done well. I don't really know what, I'm getting into, yet I uh, I do want to hear about it. So uh, let's go get Bob and let's start. All right, and welcome Bob from Tales by Bob. We just finished uh, reading about the methodician. Um, what exactly is a methodician? Uh, so uh, the kind of a funny story there. Uh, I. I I met a guy that um, he, he was very much a, a drug addict um, and, but that kind of, he kind of a mysterious, almost magical figure. Um, you, you just have to meet the guy. And I just always thought, you know, if, if there really were wizards, it would be this guy. Like um, I've met a couple of those in my day. Yeah. And uh, now, unfortunately, like, you know, drugs were, destroying his life but um that was kind of where the seed of all this was born was just uh imagining you know if magic was real um not everyone who had it would be you know an upstanding you know got it together citizen um so this is kind of trying to shed a light on uh southern culture uh the kind that doesn't get as much uh press and kind of the reality of southern culture and so when you say uh, Sorry, when you say Southern culture, where are you from? Oh, uh, I'm from deep South Alabama. 
Um, oh, it's the deep <laughs> south. All right, the deep south. Um, I'm from a a, a town uh, with no stoplight, no no anything. Uh, there's okay. a mom and pop gas station. And that's about it. Oh, very cool, very cool. So that's interesting. So yeah, I guess you know the first thing that jumps out to me um, about you know this uh, this story uh, with you know, there's something weird going on and then there's drugs involved and we're in this small town. So um, immediately I, whenever, you know, small town gets mentioned in the context of a story or anything, um, what pops into my head is the level of, um, what's the word? I don't know, just how in each other's business everybody is. Um, so I, that it, and, you know, having had a past uh, that um, may not have been Exactly uh, like our uh, mathematician here, but you know, dabble with the dark arts a little bit. Um, you know, it's just uh, it, it, how uh, I can't imagine having um, you know this type of uh, small town uh, environment and also getting into these these uh, devious things. And and you must you you must have to live by that and and own it. Yeah, he he very much does. Um, now in in this setting, magic isn't just open it's not like everyone goes around knowing that magic exists um think of it kind of harry potter-esque you know there is magic maybe sometimes people see magic but it's not common um he's more known as just like a petty thief he's the he's the the town screw-up you know um so everyone knows who he is but not because he's a, a wizard um it's because he's uh, a drug addict that probably stole the copper out of their air conditioning unit at some time. Um, so yeah. yeah, you had mentioned there's a couple uh, things here. Maybe there's there are southernisms that I didn't uh, I didn't uh, know. You said um, a water witch. What the hell is a water witch? Okay, so I've actually seen this. This is a real thing. Um, now there's there's going to be science behind it, but uh, as a young as a as a young child, I, I had no idea. Um, but water witching is uh, dowsing is another word for it. Um, but it's, uh, some people use it to find like where a well, like where to put a well. Okay. But I've, I've seen it done. Um, my, uh, many years ago, my dad had run a water line out to an outbuilding and wasn't sure where he had placed it. Like, you know, that was like 10 years ago, wasn't exactly sure where it was and he needed to do some digging. So it just so happened that a cousin of mine pulled up around the same time that we were kind of hashing this out and he was like oh great uh he's a water witch and i was and you gotta understand my dad was a was a petroleum engineer heavily based in science um but we went and got a couple of welding rods and my cousin kind of you bend them into an l and you hold them and loosely in your hand and when you would cross water the the welding rods would cross oh i've seen those before yeah, so uh, that's that's water witching, um, and it's one of the few. So, I've I've been told that really what's happening there is digging kind of interferes with the magnetic crust of the Earth, and so that's why what causes the metal rods to cross. I don't know. I'm not a scientist, um, but it's it's very much viewed as a legitimate thing in parts of the South, and uh, so that's that's one way that that's one legitimate way that he earns money is uh people know that he's a water witch and will hire him to find you know water lines or where to dig a well oh wow yeah see i never i mean i i've seen the things before but i uh yeah. never heard of that before yeah, yeah um so great. then you know uh talking about magic you know at first uh the the we're just being uh told about marsh and how he's uh not not doing so well uh and then uh you bring up this circle uh it's just uh south of town uh what's going on with the circle yeah, um, without without going into spoilers, um, he is basically there's a uh, he doesn't he's unaware of it, um, but it gets brought to his attention that there is a uh, just south of town. There's a perfect 10 mile circle where it hasn't rained in months. And if you watch, apparently you can watch on the like the the weather report, like the Doppler radar, the, the clouds just part around it. Um, when storms are passing by and uh he gets uh he gets uh more or less strong-armed into handling this marsh he has magical abilities um 
but he's never been trained. And so he really doesn't like to use them. Um, he's also very lazy and uh, he's, he is a drug addict. If this, if, if it's not going to help him chase down his, you know, his next stash, he, he's just not all that interested. So he gets, he gets uh, uh, roped into investigating a what's causing this. And then B he's tasked with stopping whatever it's causing this um, because it's, it's fairly obvious that something is happening um, and this kind of nebulous government entity uh, wants it taken care of. Uh, but it's, at the end of the day, it's a trivial matter. It's just some rain's not falling. It's not like the world is People are dying. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if it was something important, they would send somebody important, but it's not. So well, that was, help. that was where, where my mind was heading is that if there's this, you know, this, this thing that, you know, is uh, uh, an anomaly and there's all this sign, then I would expect some type of uh, NASA or, or some the EPA or something to be on there. How, how does yeah. a, a low yeah. life like Marsh uh, get involved? Yeah. So um, it's not really gone into because it's not, it's not really necessarily the driving force of the series, um, but in because this is the first book in a series. I have the next two written, um, and so this is just the first one to come out. But th this this alphabet agency um, doesn't uh, come into play in every story. Like they're just kind of a sporadic. Like, hey, Jubal County is a real backwater. Um, he's kind of the known magical entity there he's that's popped okay. up on their radar so if something happens you know they 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 tag him in um or force him in uh and uh that's just kind of how it works but like i said i mean this this area is very much like jubal county isn't a real county in alabama it's one i made up for it but it's it's fairly heavily based on the county i grew up in which uh, I think the population of the county is just over 11,000. And that's for the, for the entire county, wow. which is, uh, it has uh, more dirt roads than any other county in the state. It's very, very rural, uh, lots of farms, uh, lots of forests, and lots of poverty. Um, and so uh, most of the stuff he gets wrangled into is not stuff that pops up on government radar. It's um for example in the in the second story uh dancing with your demons he um uh, we were talking about water witching he gets hired to do some water witching and realizes that uh or it gets brought to his attention that a woman he knows uh kind of runs in the same circles as him also a, a drug addict has has not been seen for about a week which is because she has children and it's unusual like she's not um, she has left her kids alone for some days at a time, but to be gone for a whole week without any sort of contact, that's, that's not right. normal. Um, and so he kind of gets roped into trying to find her. So that was not something that was on anybody's radar. You know, people don't care about drug addicts, you know, like that's mm -hmm. just the reality is the, yeah. the people in her life have all written her off. Um, so Marsh kind of uh, is like, at the end of the day, these are Marsh's people. So he kind of feels obligated to uh, kind of, even though I don't think he even realizes that he views it that way because he's just so, he's also very hard on himself. Um, but they're his people. So he kind of looks out for him because no one else is. Interesting. So then um, I guess is the, the, the whole series, um, is that less about, you know, the, the um, actual supernatural circle and, and more just about, uh, Marsh and his goings on. And well, so every story, so you, you don't initially realize it, but uh, the second story, it does take a very supernatural uh, bent. Uh, every, every story in the series is based on the supernatural. Um, it's, uh, I'm sure there are other stories that can be told about him, but the, the only stories I'm telling are the ones that involve supernatural mysteries. Um, and so uh, the, the it's kind of you know monster of the week style it's just you know this story is what what weird thing has he gotten himself into this time mm -hmm. um but overall the the series is titled the redemption of howard marsh because 
where the series starts, he's he's about as down as you can get. He lives in a storage shed um, that he owes rent on, <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> uh, and uh, he doesn't have a car. He has no job or concept of getting a job, you know, uh, really no friends. Most of his family's disowned him. He's he's down. Um, but over the over the series, it, the, the intention is to show uh, him piecing his life back together you know eventually trying to get clean uh things of that nature so like a redemption arc yeah very much very much redemption arc um and you know uh the series just has to run long enough to to get him there <laughs> yeah yeah so uh, i mean you know the the next obvious question is how how did all of this come about how did you think of uh marsh and this this uh this Jubal county and and um you know wh- why the supernatural uh well, you know yeah um so i actually got started uh i started writing um at this point close to 10 years ago is when i started to take it seriously and uh i have been heavily influenced by uh mostly horror authors uh horror and fantasy and so when i got started i i started writing short stories and just sending them out to get them published and i got i got a few into anthologies things like that and uh went went pretty well and um i i i have a very love hate relationship with the south um the okay. south is it's where i'm it's i've never lived anywhere else i mean I've, I've traveled widely but i've never lived anywhere else and it it has horrendous flaws you know rampant racism you know just abject poverty i mean there, there are places in alabama where it is literally the third world, um, you know, that uh, I think it was the uh, UN came in to parts of West Alabama and were like, this is, this is a third world country right here. I mean, it's, it's awful. Um, but it, there are a lot of things to celebrate about the South. You know, the, there's a culture of hospitality. Um, <laughs> the food is amazing <laughs> as my Definitely. portly, portly self will attest. And <laughs> Anytime uh, I've been down there, I've been eating well. Yeah. So it, you know, th- there, there are pros and cons. And so I, I started kind of writing, uh, some kind of vaguely Southern Gothic short stories, just kind of trying to show some of the, the weirder bits of Alabama uh, or Southern culture and, uh, really just kind of explore kind of explore my feelings on it all um, in the form of some short stories. And I made up Jubal County uh, for those stories. I didn't want to set them where I'm actually from or anything like that. um, A lot of it was just taking weird anecdotes from my life um, or stories that I've heard and just kind of taking them and twisting them and turning them into stories. And uh, so I kind of had this setting ready to go um it wasn't i didn't think of it that way but um as time passed i kind of i started getting some ideas of more magical kind of stories to tell in this and then you know meeting this this would you know if anyone was a wizard he'd be a wizard guy and things like that and it all just kind of simmered and brewed in my head there for a while and then um I basically, I just started jotting down ideas like, you know, here are some potential things he could get into. Um, and uh, since then, I, and initially, uh, the first thing I tried was to write a novel, um, like a full, just one continuous story. And what I kind of realized is a full, Howard Marsh does not rate a full continuous novel um because the the mysteries he gets involved in are not that big so um, is this, he, a, this is a collection of short stories well no it, it's two novellas each each book in the series is two uh two paired novellas gotcha. and so um and i basically decided like i just kind of realized that his cases aren't the kind of cases that get turned into full novels you know for the most part it's um i'll, I'll tell you uh a just the kind of the quick byline of, of a future book is basically um, he realizes that he's been going around and every so often he sees this purple car and every time he sees it, he thinks, man, that's weird. And then he immediately forgets it. 
And so then one time he sees this purple car and he remembers all the times he's seen this other car, but he also remembers, man, every time I see this car, I immediately forget it. And so he, he just starts to investigate this purple car and it's, it's not a, an earth shattering mystery. You know, it's not like there's dire repercussions on the line. It's just, yeah, it's a small a cool town concept. Yeah, it's a that's small a cool town concept. mystery. And um, I like that. And so uh, to me, the novella format worked, uh, works better for him. You know, it's, uh, you get to handle this small town mystery with a small town guy and then move on to the next one. And it, it, I, I'm hoping that it will allow, because I can jump time with these novellas, like uh, these, these two novellas, one's in the uh, fall and one's in the spring. And so I'm able to kind of jump a few months to a year with every novella and kind of use that to show, you know, to so that he is allowed to grow as a character without it um seeming like rushed and forced you know it's like hey he's he's had a few months you know and you know a real person yeah and so that's that that's what i'm hoping what i'm hoping comes across we'll 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 see what the the people uh the people think but we'll get there i mean well the back of the book sounds good and everything you're telling me sounds even better um, so you said you've been, um, you've been writing for about 10 years. Um, did, do you mean like, um, I don't know if you, like when you were younger, did you have an affinity for writing or was that not really something you did? And then just one day you were just, how did, how did you go from, uh, how did, how'd you become Tales by Bob? Yeah. So, uh, I will say that I have my entire life. I, I have, I have written, um, the early, <laughs> The earliest, uh, I, I still have the first little book I ever wrote. Um, it was like three pages long. and You, you can hardly read it because it's very, you know, six-year-old handwriting kind of deal. And, uh, but it, it was all, most of what I wrote was stuff to get laughs. Like I, I, I like to write pun-based stories. Um, that's what I did in high school was I, I, I wrote a bunch of like link like one page puns basically it's just be a, some people yeah, hate like, puns i love they're I so love funny puns. yeah they're no, so, so funny <laughs> yeah. so i um i ended up uh in 2012 or so um th so there's a uh there's a thing called nanorimo i don't know if you're familiar but um so it's called, it's NaNoWriMo, it's National Novel Writing Month. And okay. the idea is that in the month of November, you write 50,000 words. And so at the end of this month, in theory, you have a novel. Um, now, to be fair, a uh, 50,000 word novel is on the 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 short shorter end of the spectrum. Most of the books, that, especially like if you read uh, fantasy, fantasies typically over 100,000 words per novel, um, up to like 120. And the, the door stoppers are, you know, 140, 150. But okay. um, uh, so I did it. I, I, but I, I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do this. And uh, I had written a couple of short stories just kind of on a lark uh, in the months leading up to this. And then when November rolled around, I was like, you know what, I'm, I want to write a kind of an interconnected series of short stories. And they were all steampunk. I love steampunk. Um, and so I basically, I just asked my friends on Facebook, I said, uh, how would you like to die in a story? And, uh, that must have gotten some interesting responses. It did. Um, and so I'll never forget, uh, like one guy, uh, said that he wanted to die from a cyborg prostitute. Well, he didn't know it was steampunk. Um, I didn't say that, but I, I did. So I basically, I wrote a kind the of- I can uh, dream. <laughs> you know, you know? So I wrote kind of a steampunk fantasy inversion of Jack the Ripper. And he was killed by a, a, a steampunk. Uh, prostitute you know and just you know things like that and so um by the time I was done with that I had put a lot of work into it um 50,000 words in a month is not easy yeah. um and so uh I was like you know I, I should do something with these and that that's when I really started thinking hey uh 
unfortunately this was right after like right as i was getting my master's degree in something totally unrelated uh music industry oh um, nice <laughs> oh, yeah well, well, we can have a whole conversation about that yeah no um uh, <laughs> uh and then my, my bachelor's is in anthropology. So I just like to collect uh, degrees that don't make any money. So um, psychology, not yeah. doing anything with psychology right now. So yeah. I'm right there with you. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, um, I, I kind of thought, you know, I've always enjoyed writing. I should really try and make a go of this. And so at first I was not tells by Bob. I was just, uh, I was just, I was actually writing under Robert, my my actual first name. Um, I figured that'd be my pen name. <laughs> and uh, but I so I and I had I had a bunch of those steampunk short stories got published by a small press and some anthologies. Um, I had a number of like horror uh, stories pressed published in some other anthologies. And uh, I started really kind of looking at the industry and starting to do a lot of research and how to get traditionally published and things like that. And I, I came to realize, uh, one, you cannot make a career writing short stories. Um, there is, there's no money in short stories. <laughs> uh, if, if you are a famous novelist already, people will pay you well for your right. short stories, but uh, otherwise good luck. Um, I, my, the biggest royalty check I ever got from writing short stories was four dollars and thirty two cents. Yeah, so uh, I was surprised they even took the trouble to send me the check. Uh, <laughs> but uh, and so, and I, I, I have since written several novels, um, and uh, they are in varying stages of readiness to try and get published. Uh, one is a horror novel set in Montgomery, Alabama that I have, I've shopped around to some agents and just not gotten really anywhere with it. And then I, I started writing these Howard Marsh stories. And the, the, the problem with novellas is much like short stories, you, it, honestly, it's easier to get a short story published than a novella. Um, magazines publish short stories. They don't really publish mm. novellas. Yeah. And uh, major publishers, other than like Tor.com, no one's really doing novellas that I'm aware of. Yeah, they um, want that hardcover, right? <laughs> well, you know, uh, I think the industry is starting to slightly change. I think, uh, I think we're heading in a direction where in the next decade, you're going to start seeing more and more. You won't see them in print necessarily, but right. you will see, you know, major publishers releasing ebook novellas i think uh much in the way that tour.com is doing it yeah um but so in the short term i you know i i have three i was sitting there basically i have three books or six i have six novellas yeah. written uh that no one's going to publish because they're novellas and if i could find someone that would be interested in publishing novellas i my my follow-up worry was my main character is a drug addict and um yeah. that is it really dances a fine line because a lot of people don't want to read about a drug addict, you know, uh, more conservative people don't want a hero that's a drug addict. And then the other side of that is a lot of people don't want to read about drugs being glorified, which I like to think I, I have not done. I, I don't try and sugarcoat and imply that his drug use is great. Um, it has definitely destroyed his life. Um, but you have people, I've had people as I've explained it to them, that they've been like, I don't know, uh, a meth magician sounds like you're glorifying drug use. I don't want to. I don't want to read that. So yeah, I'm 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 glad you brought that up because um, there is that you know that is definitely something that you know uh, I mean even just myself reading when when I saw when I saw that my eyes just skipped down to that and I was like oh meth what well let me get this reaction on camera um, and the you know I I'm 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 glad and I'm sure others would be glad to hear you say that you're consciously trying not to glorify, uh, glorify the drug use because it's so, it's so easy to, it's so easy to do, first of all, and it is such a fine line. You know, I can think of, I, I can think of, you know, in the days when I was, I was having my issues, you know, I used to love the, uh, the A&E show intervention. And after a while I was like, I, I can't watch this. The whole point of the story is if you do a bunch of drugs, your family will bring you into a room and sit you down and tell you that they love you and then everything will be fine. That's not, that's not the kind of programming I need. 
And so even though, you know, they're trying to show, uh, you know, the, the reality of the, re the reality of it and how dangerous it can be, anything that's on TV is uh, inherently being glorified. And um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the same thing about something that's in a book, but I, I'm sure, you know, it, it's, it's not easy to be, you know, I'm sure that's got to be something that's, that's constantly at the forefront of, of your thinking as you're, as you're laying the story out. Yeah, it, it very much is. Um, I, I, and it's one of those, it's, I, I've, I've never had any issues with drugs. Um, uh, but I, ha I have had, you know, uh, family members and a large number of friends that, you know, it is, drugs have really, really wrecked their lives. And uh, so writing this, it, it is definitely a, a delicate balance. Like, I, the tone that I go for is it's, uh, they're, there are a lot of lighthearted, silly moments in these books, you know, just very situational, like, look at the weird situation. He's, oh, Marsh, <laughs> you know, and um, that's, I, time, I think it's, he, he, he is a drug addict and it, it, it legitimately has messed him up. He, you know, he's constantly going to jail, um, things of that nature. And it's, uh, and those I, things are interesting to, to whether it's, you know, whether we're talking TV or anything, those are, you know, those are interesting things to, to read or, or watch or learn about. And so, you know, you're making it even more difficult to do something that is for the purposes of entertainment that is surrounded, uh, you know, surrounding something that's not good. Um, but wanting, you know, obviously to have a good story that's entertaining. Um, I mean, is there, is there some type of uh, like code or or something that you go by that okay I don't want to cross this or I don't I don't want I want to make sure I don't do this how, how do you make those decisions? Uh, the 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 kind of the thing I went with is the act most uh, most of the the drug use happens off camera so to speak. Um, he'll make references to you know he he just did some mm -hmm. drugs um because that's part of it Mar marsh was never trained he never he he never got the training there's a long as will be revealed over the series there's a lot of reasons why he wasn't trained he was supposed to have been trained and he didn't get that training and um over time he he had some rather heinous things happened to him and he turned to drugs to cope and after he'd done that he learned that he could use that kind of drug-fueled energy to he still doesn't know what he's doing but he can at least the little things he does know how to do he can do them more powerfully by kind of burning off that that drug-fueled manic energy and i mean it, yeah i i definitely can understand what you mean i mean there's you know uh you know i was never like you know, some like line in a gutter or anything. Um, but you know, I didn't, I did have my issues and there was times when, you know, I'd, I'd put myself in certain, certain situations or I'd have to, you know, wait for this and that. And it's like, if I would just put this energy towards something else, then, you know, I could maybe have a story like Marsh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, the, uh, I, I'm very, uh, pot friendly. Like I don't smoke myself, but I, to me, it shouldn't be a drug. I mean, it's treated like a cigarette or alcohol for Christ's sake. Um, so, but so that you, you'll, you'll routinely see him, you know, smoking a joint on, on screen, so to speak, but anything else in that is typically, he kind of refers to uh, his, he calls it his box of oblivion. And it's basically just a, his stash box. And that's, uh, that's really interesting because the, you know, like in my uh, uh, circle of friends at the time, you know, we would have certain, you know, it's, it's on the one hand, you know, like, you know, let's say you're, let's just take cocaine, for example, you know, if you're saying, if you're sitting there and you're actually sitting down to do some cocaine, it's like, oh, hey, we're gonna get into some hard drugs, do some cocaine, but you know, like, in general, just talking about it, you know, you have your little uh, uh, code words and, and you know, it, uh, again, bringing it back to this idea of not wanting people to know, uh, you know, nicknames and code words and all of this and keep it, keep it on the low and all that kind of stuff. Um, that plus the idea, uh, you know, going back to what you're saying about how, how Marsh gets just into these hijinks, um, you know, being intoxicated naturally lends itself to those situations 
which uh, you know are 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 interesting. Yeah. Um, so that that's uh, it'll be very interesting to see how uh, how much that plays a part without um, you know how, without getting in it, it being about that because that's mostly you know if you read a a a story or watch a movie or, or whatever it is about uh, um, something involving drugs, oftentimes the drugs are very heavily focused and. Um, I mean, you know, which is appropriate sometimes, but you don't always see the, the, uh, I mean, you know, on the other side, there's like the Wolf of Wall Street type, type uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. stories where it's not that at all, but yeah. you know, not everyone who uses drugs is, is straight out of uh, uh, Requiem for a Dream or anything, you know, yeah. it, it, it's, it's more subtle than that. Yeah, no. So I, I know uh, kind of early on, he, uh, in the first tale, he, um, he's got some money and you know he's got this crime to solve but he's got some money so he he goes to his dealer first like that's his first stop but it doesn't show that like he he makes reference to you know, hey i'm i'm going there and i i think the 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 line was um but you don't need to see that you know no one likes a snitch and so he 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 so then it picks up you know the next day he spent the the night at his drug dealers debauching and now it's okay. I'm I'm fueled up, ready to go. Let's let's go solve some crimes, kind of deal. Um, so, but like I said, so it he does he he does use drugs, but I try and keep it. Uh, That's just as, part of his character, right? Yeah, it's not the 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 story. Yeah. So Ooh. it's 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 the it's his crutch. Um, it's his his it's his cross to bear, and uh, but it it does help him very situationally um, while overall destroying him. Or so, yeah, for better or worse, it does help. Yeah. Him. And so I, I, I'm hope I'm hopeful that I've captured that. Um, uh, but again, it's one of those, uh, it's, it's a tricky, it's such a tricky line and me not coming from having this, this kind of struggle. Uh, I hope that I have, kind of nailed my intention but this could be something that that people read and it just doesn't resonate you know and that that's that's you know that's the big fear is that you know i i that i have unintentionally um crossed a a, a line or something like that uh yeah I, I, I mean i could so yeah it's it's definitely i mean based on you know what you're saying it seems like on the one hand you because that's not the point of the story there's not too much to get into that you would or wouldn't know or that you would misrepresent. Um, and, uh, and yeah, because there's other things going on, it doesn't need to be that. You don't need to be the drugs expert as the author, because again, that's that it's just part of Marsh's character, right? Yeah. I, I, I like that. And um, you know, the, so, I mean, while, while the methodician thing caught my eye, I, I'm really seeing that there's not, a, you know, it's not a story about drugs. It's not a requiem for a dream story. It's not yeah. this harrowing, dirty, raw, gritty uh, type story in that way, at least. Yeah. Um, and and there's a lot, uh, there, there's a lot more there. So I think if, especially, you know, because I, I think it's in a different color too, right? The magician thing on the back. Um, so it is, yeah. With uh, with someone reading that and. Uh, you know, the way that I was like, oh, okay, well, well, we got something spicy here. What's going on? What would you want to tell that person before they read the book that, okay, that is stuff that they do like, but hold on. It's not just, it's, it's not Requiem for a Dream, but it's finish that. Thing. Yeah. No. So, so that, that word methodician doesn't actually come up in the text at all. Um, he, he would never call himself that or anything like that. But I, I, I again it's it's a pun so um got to steer into it but the other thing is like i view it as that word right there is there's the my target market for this book i feel like they see that word and they're immediately intrigued like okay hey that sounds that sounds cool but i have had people that were like I literally had someone as I've been promoting this book, you know, sharing it around and whatnot. Um, I had someone like I was reading the back of the book. Uh, I was all on board. 
And then I got to that mathematician line and I'm out. I don't, I don't want anything to do with it now. And, but to be fair, if that line, you know, if that line drove them away, they probably don't need to read this yeah. book. You know, this book isn't really for them. Um, so it's, you got to have a dark sense of humor um, and be ready to confront the reality of shitty South Alabama life, man. <laughs> it's, it's, it's frequently not great down here. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I want people to know that there, there is humor, there is magic, um, but there is, I mean, at the end of the day, the hero of the tale is a, a struggling drug addict. Um, it's not all sunshine and roses. Not every story is going to end totally happily. You know, he might have solved the case, but in the process, uh, damaged uh, one of the few friendships he has left. And now, over time, yeah, it'll get better. Um, but starting out, he doesn't start in a happy place. And so um, that, that's really what I want people to know is it's, there is humor, but there is sadness and it, it, it'll get better if you give it enough time. Hmm. I like that. I like that. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about the actual uh, publishing process um, because I, I want to eventually uh, publish a book. I'm thinking of, um, you know, I, I was thinking of doing uh, something nonfiction and, you know, I've got a lot of opinions about stuff, but they're kind of just all over the place. Yeah. Uh, and so I used to, I, uh, I used to have another uh, podcast was just, which was just conversational, but much like the short story thing, um, nobody wants to listen to you talk about nothing for two and a half hours if you're not Joe Rogan. So uh, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so, you know, fiction and nonfiction, I'm sure are, are you know, have their differences, but let's say I, uh, you know, the idea strikes and, oh, I'm going to write about that. And then, you know, I'm, I'm writing it, writing and, and what, what would my next step be? I don't even know. Okay. So I, I will say, I, I love, I, I've mentored a few other, I've, I've hosted writing groups and I've done panels at cons about how to get published and that. So I, it's a topic I, I do really enjoy. Um, notes. <laughs> yeah, no. So uh, the, honestly, the first thing you just got to write the book. That's the hard, that's the hardest part. Um, you've got to actually get the words on paper. Um, and uh, what I, I, I'll give a couple quick tips on, on getting that done. One is uh, getting a creative space and mindset uh, to where every time you sit down to write, play the same music, play, uh, maybe light a candle of the same scent. Uh, and so like for me, there's a, a, a doom jazz band that I like called Born Ender Club of War. There's German. What, I got to check that out. Oh uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's- Outside of this, what is it? Yeah, Boren, B-O-H-R-E-N. And dare D E R club of gore. Uh, they're a German <laughs> doom jazz band, and Sunset Mission is the album to to check out. Um, cool. it's on it's on every streaming <laughs> service: um, YouTube, Amazon Music, Spotify, you name it. Um, so. Uh, so I've got I, my creative space. I'm lighting yeah. my uh, patchouli, <laughs> my yeah. patchouli incense. Um, and, and I've got my and uh, my trance music going, and that's my creative space. And so and your, I'm in. Your, your body will train itself. If every time you sit down to write, you do the same things, eventually your body and mind learn, oh, I'm smelling this, I'm hearing this, and it will slip more easily into creative mode. Um, and the other thing is uh, what I find that really helps me is just, uh, I like I did a challenge this year. Um, that ran the first six months of the year is write 500 words a day. So every day I wrote 500 words. And what I find is if you, even if you don't set a specific word count goal, write every day um, because it, it's easier to pick up and slip back into that writing mindset if you write every day, even if it's just a hundred words. I mean, it, it really does help. So, all right, you've got, you've got draft one done. You, you, you've got it all on paper. Um, you need to then, uh, honestly, you need to set it down for about six months. Hmm. Um, if, if, you're not, if you're not on a timeline, uh, I would sit it down for six months. I would write something else while you set it. Because what you need to do is you need it to get slightly unfamiliar in your mind. So that then when you start doing reading it and whatnot, 
things will stand out to you. What gotcha. I find if I try and edit something uh, right after I've written it, I miss so much stuff because I know what I just wrote and my mind will autocorrect things. Yeah, I can I think of I can think of times when I was editing uh, the the other podcast, uh, and yeah, just I would just put it on like two and a half times speed because I just did it. And it's like I know there's one part that we want to cut out or whatever. Um, and uh, yeah, going back, uh, I don't. I mean, I don't listen to my own podcast that often, but when uh, it's been brought up in conversation, I go back and I'm like, huh, I don't even really remember saying that. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I never would have thought to to take some take some time apart. Yeah, so, put it put it in a drawer. You know, leave it on your Google Drive idea. six months. Um, so once you've done once you've done that, if you can, you know, you, you may not have the time. Um, and it's not the end of the world, but at that point, you need to you need to start doing your your next drafts. It's basically just reading it, fixing stuff that you find, um, rearranging stuff if you need to, cutting stuff, and that's just um, what you need to do. There is just going to come with practice. Um, so let let me ask you about that because uh, in like, and I'm talking, you know, going back middle school, high school, uh, writing classes, there was always such a big emphasis on the editing and reviewing stage. Um, and you know, now when I, uh, when I write things, I definitely like, you know, I get, I'll go on Facebook and, and it's basically just my live journal at this point. Anybody who yeah. would care is probably block me, but, um, it's just, you know, I, I get, uh, uh, you know, I can, I can talk pretty well, but writing is really how I can uh, best express myself. Um, and, uh, it, uh, you know, when I, if I'll write something long, especially the more passionate about it, I am, uh, the more I feel like I have to go back and make sure, but usually a once over and I'm like, okay, yeah, this is, this is, I wrote this because this is what I was, I was thinking. And that's, you know, now things that I, I, uh, I care about what I'm saying. I'm not necessarily caring about like the grade on the correctness, but, you know, I do want to make sure I'm expressing myself the way uh, I intend to. So, uh, and, you know, and when I was in, in, in grade school, just writing little assignments, I was just like, yeah, I got this, edit it. And I would, you know, maybe change one word here or there just to, just to have done it. So having not really had much uh, writing experience since then, uh, maybe you can give me a uh, refresher on why that piece of the writing process is so important. Uh, I will say that it's probably a little different for nonfiction writing. Um, but the main thing you're trying to do is really just make sure you're getting your point or your story across clearly. And part of that is it may make perfect sense to you and just because because you wrote it you know you, you right. it's your thoughts on paper but it's getting it in a way that every well not because not everyone's going to get it but you know as many people as possible if you, that your target audience understands what you're trying to do what point you're trying to get across um with pro with fiction writing it's there, there i think there's more of a concern with the prose like how how does it sound you know Okay. Um, there's very much a concept of uh, show don't tell in in mm. fiction. Um, you don't say, you know, Jim walked in the room. I mean, you very much can. It's very situational. But it'd be much better is, you know, is like Jim staggered into the dimly lit room, his feet, you know, scuffing the freshly cleaned floors or whatever. You know, at that point you're showing someone what happening. And so they can help get a mental picture of what's what's actually going on instead of just Jim walked into the room. Well, okay, you told me what happened. Um, Maybe, but, I, and I mean, you know what? That I, that that cuts, I think, right to what uh, naturally uh, pulls me to nonfiction. Um, you know, I mean, when 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 I was you know a real little kid, I used to love reading fiction all the time. Um, and then I'm sure I'm not the only one, but then school came around and they started uh, assigning these these crappy books and I didn't like them. And I just, I, I, I and when I say I used to love reading, I used to love reading. It used to be, uh, you know, an activity that I would do, I'd be skateboarding, video games and, and, and reading. It, it was, it was, and just after, after that, all the way through, you know, high school and college and all this stuff, and I'm just not getting back into it. You now, to, you know, there's there's other things that I've I've tried to read, and 
just getting through it. It's like, what is the point here? And so maybe that's just my brain is wired a little bit more uh, functionally yeah. in, in, in that sense. And that, cause I definitely would never ever be able to, to write a novel. Never. I don't, I, my brain just doesn't work like that. I mean, yeah. like yeah. I've been in bands, I've written songs and albums and stuff like that, but a, a story like that, I don't, I, I don't think so. Yeah, so the no. fact that it's different. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's, and that, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, uh, my, so my, my master's is in music industry, but to get the degree, I had to take a bunch of, uh, it's actually a, technically a master's of post-secondary education. And a large part of that was, you know, learning about different, you know, uh, learning styles and things like that and different kinds of intelligence and whatnot. I mean, there's no right or wrong answer, you know, like I like, I, I like both. I, I have no problem reading some nonfiction, um, but I do tend to read uh, fantasy because, but it's also what do you, you know, different people are trying to get different things. Like for me, most of my reading is escapism, you know, um, just trying to get out of, get out of my own life for a little bit. So maybe you can answer this for me because I love the, that aspect of uh, TV and movies. And it is what I loved about reading when, when I was a kid, but I mean, maybe it's just because of the, the level of, uh, you know, I've, I've been, uh, I've been saying for at least the last five uh, or so years that there is legitimate literary value in what is, uh, in, not everything, obviously, but some of the things that are on TV and, and in the movies, um, you know, uh, you know, the first thing that comes to mind would be Breaking Bad. I mean, if you don't think there's any literary value to that, then I don't, I, I can't really, uh, I don't know what to say to you. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I also, because of my, the, the whole, like, not just not reading stuff. Um, I was super late to the, the game of Thrones, uh, 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 thing. And I will, I've, I, I've made the decision that I will start reading the books if I find out that the, uh, the ending is written, but if there's not, the next book's not even out yet. So I'm not starting no. that. No, anyway, <laughs> I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't hold my breath on that. Uh, exactly. But I mean, I, you know, the, and so I never really watched Game of Thrones or anything. And then so, eventually, um, I think it was a roommate I had that was watching it. And I was like, wait, this is awesome. And then I went, it was luckily or unluckily right before uh, the last season um, where I got to binge all the way through and I got to watch the last season live. Um, and then same thing happened uh, with the MCU. I never was, I was like comic book movie or superhero movies. Nah, like, okay, I get it. The big strong guy, the bad guy, he saves the day. What's the big deal? And then it was, you know, right around the, the it was somewhere near before like the infinity war time that people were like, nah, dude, like it's, it's next level. I'm like, eh, I don't know. Cause I had seen Iron Man back in the day, but of course that was just Iron Man at the time. But again, going back and, and, and watching through all those, I, I love that. I love the world building. I love the, the stories. I, I love all of it. But when it comes to physically reading, my brain's just going, what's the point? What's the point? What am I looking here? Ah, that's the answer. And yeah. I don't know. Do you, is there any insight? No, that you uh, have? <laughs> I, have, I have a slight, I may have some slight insight. Um, but first I will say I've not watched really any of the Marvel movies. Um, I kind of, uh, I love comics, um, but I don't read superhero comics. Uh, I like, you know, more indie or horror or, you know, kind of the sci-fi, just kind of the more out there kind of comics like Saga or Black Monday Murders, things like that. Um, but because to me, uh, comic books don't, uh, it, no one stays dead, you know, Captain America dies. Yeah. That was, they made a big deal, you know, oh, Captain America's dead. And then like, you know, three years later, they brought him back. And so to me, it cheapens the story. And so I, I've just, I've never watched the, the MCU stuff. Although I, I did watch the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. I love those. Um, so I really, I should give it a try, but I just haven't, haven't made that plunge yet. But anyway, yeah. to, more to your issue. Um, I, I definitely have a little bit of what you have going on. Um, uh, so the, the podcast that I co-host it's me and my buddy Derek and it's a book podcast and primarily fantasy books and we both like reading fantasy novels but we read them for two very different reasons um yeah. I am very plot focused and he is very character focused um for him the most important thing is seeing that character growth and yada 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 me I want to know where is this story going 
you know, like let's, let's get there. And now I'm blessed that I'm a very fast reader. So I can typically get, but, but there are books that I read that I get frustrated. It's like, can we just, can we get there? Can we get where we're going already? And so I think it's probably something like that is you, you're just more, more of a plot focused guy that you want, you want to know, you want to know the story. You don't necessarily need all the details. I don't know though, because the, uh, you know, I'll, um, because I, I I separate shows uh, in in that way, whether they're more plot driven or character driven, and that that's the weird thing. It's usually the character driven stuff that that pulls me in more. And while you know, um, you know, off the top of my head, I'm thinking um, the Netflix show Altered Carbon. I don't know if you yep. saw that, um, but that was that that was very uh, plot driven, and I love that show. Um, but it was it was kind of hard for me to keep up because there wasn't that much character building, and so I, I don't know. I just maybe yeah. it's just a left brain right brain thing. I have no idea. But like, well, that's... it may it may just be the just the format, you know? Like they're they're like because uh... that's that's something about the the uh, the MCU that maybe you know could could lead you to to whether you know you want to dive in because it is. Uh, you know, going in with anything good that you have to say about the MCU, you have to take take it with a grain of salt that it is for a mainstream mass appeal audience. So we you go into it knowing that. So, but that being said, the way the 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 plot is so uh, particularly drawn out and the details are are laid and the 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 reveals are earned and all of that kind of stuff, um, like plot stuff like plot stuff like that, definitely obviously. Uh, matters to me as well, um, but I have to be. I have to. I have to really be sunken into the characters, but otherwise, it's just stuff happening on screen. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I'm a I weird think, guy, I guess. Yeah. Hey, no. But that's <laughs> the thing. It's you know what I what I have found is if if there if you are a particular way about a thing, there's probably a few million other people that are that particular way in the same way that you are um, on how you ingest media. Um, there's no, there's no right or wrong answer. It's just finding what, you know, what works for you. Like I, I would encourage you, I haven't read it myself, but um, uh, George R. R. Martin put out a, basically a history book, uh, a dance or something, something. Yeah. Dragons, yeah I think it's dance of dragons or something, yeah. something like that. It's like, it's, mm. it's basically just like uh, it's a, it's not, a novel it's a yeah but i'm pretty sure hbo is making a show on it true yeah but it's but how it's written it's written like a history book you know it's written it's written non-fiction style on a fictional property so that that might be something to check out um because you're not going to ever get a last book of game of thrones i can just (laughs) unless well Unless, we might, but maybe not from not, not from uh, George. He's, oh uh, no, he's he's uh, he said that no one's allowed to finish a series. That's that's the real. That, I, I follow this pretty closely. This is something yeah, we watch I, on our podcast. Um, he he has he has mandated that if he doesn't finish the series, no one gets to finish it, which is a real shame because uh, I don't know if you've seen the Expanse, um, no. sci-fi show on Amazon. Um, yeah. it, it's so it's a it's a well-known uh, fantasy or uh, sci-fi book series that's what it was first and uh, yeah uh, i remember hearing about it okay so uh james s.a Corey is who wrote who writes it but that's actually two guys um and one of those guys is basically george r, r. martin's right hand guy who is responsible for keeping track of all the little details so there is a popular author mm. that is his right hand man who already organizes all the details for him who could take the series over if he died and George is like, like no. Nah, if I'm out, and I mean, I'm out. As as much as, and that, and again, this is why I, I don't, I, I won't start reading them because what's the alternative? Either not getting an ending or getting a season eight type ending, and yeah. which one's worse? And I mean, I've gone back. I think of uh, I've rewatched twice since it aired, and the way I've uh, the way I've come to terms with it is that I'm okay with the the events the, that happened, but the execution was just awful. Like, you know, obviously, you know, there a lot of things could have been changed. Um, yeah. But if you just like, you know, say you were, you were just doing a summary of the whole story and you were hitting these beats, the beats themselves aren't that bad. I mean, you know, brand could uh, yeah. 
let's not get into that. But um, yeah, I, I mean, the, no, I, uh, I'd agree with that. It's it's all in the execution. Um, that's that's something else I tell people. Uh, people worry is like, well, you know, my idea is kind of similar to someone else's idea. Doesn't matter. Does not matter. Whatever idea you think is wildly original, it ain't. Like uh, Howard Marsh, it seems, you know, it seems like, oh, it's a it's a redneck, druggy wizard kind of guy. Well, like, since I've been writing this, you know, I've kind of thought about it. It's like, I mean, Constantine is a druggy <laughs> wizard, you know? That's not original. Um, there's a guy named John Harkness who writes uh, the Bubba the Monster Hunter series, which is basically redneck dealing with the supernatural. Like, so if you were to just be like, oh, well, Bob wrote a redneck wizard book. It's got to be just like, you know, Constantine meets Bob the Monster Hunter. Well, maybe it is. Um, yeah. Or maybe it's very different, uh, which I like to th- I like to think it is. Um, uh, I, I go to Dragon Con every year and I sat in on a panel uh, or watched a panel with a famous author that he 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 told this story where he sent in. I don't remember the exact example, but let's just say he sent in a story about a time traveling cat to this magazine and then he got that month's issue of the magazine in and someone had written a story about a time traveling cat so he's like well you know what they're never going to publish mine now but they did because yes at face value it's two stories about time traveling cats but what matters is the execution they were executed very different and very well so they were like they had no problem publishing both so that's that at the end of the day you you first you've got the what stops 99% of people from getting a book out there is they don't write the damn book, write the book. That that's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. Write the book at at the point that you write the book, you you just beat out billions of people. All right. Yeah. And so I'm I'm thinking, you know, the comparison to, to music as well is, is, you know, there's no completely original on you know, undiscovered music out there. I mean, of course there's, songs and tracks that haven't been made yet but it's nothing completely uh original in a vacuum um and sometimes that's not only not a bad thing but it's a good thing like you know when uh, if you like a specific genre then it's good to know that a new band that's labeled this or you know label whatever but you know yeah leaving the label argument out of it you know, under the same genre, like, oh, I'll probably like this. And yeah. it's, it, you know, doesn't have to be exactly the same, but it's, it hits the things that you do like in a different way. Yeah. That's, uh, that's life, cool. life is short. I don't want to listen to every new band to find the ones I like. I want to go listen to the new bands in the genres I like, you know, Definitely. so it, it helps. Definitely. Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, this has been great. I, uh, I'm uh, very excited to, uh, to read about Marsh um and uh thank you for uh, uh my little list here on uh, what to do when i whenever i do figure out what the hell i'm gonna write <laughs> yeah um oh, hit, uh if once once you get your first draft done hit me up and i'll i'll walk you through all your next steps i definitely will do that yeah um so uh anything that uh you want to plug or uh sure. socials yeah floors yours um, yeah you can find out everything you need to know about me at talesbybob.com or you know that i if you find tales by bob on the internet it's me instagram twitter uh facebook tales by bob there i am um i also do a book uh podcast called books beards and booze um comes out currently every month uh but we've got about 170 episodes out there for you to listen to uh and my book, uh, Bringing Home the Rain, what we've been talking about here, uh, launches August 22nd and will be available in uh, print and uh, ebook through Amazon. Awesome. All right, Bob. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Like I said, uh, this was a great conversation, and I am definitely uh, looking forward to uh, meeting Marsh and, and uh, seeing uh, what, what's going on in Jubal County. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks, thanks so much. Me. And I will uh, definitely when I get you that um, that uh, uh, draft done, I will be you will be hearing from me. Sounds good. All right. Thanks a lot, bud. Yeah. All right. So that was Bob with uh, what the fuck was it called again? Shit. I forgot the name of the book. Bringing home the rain.
The Redemption of Howard Marsh One. So it is a uh, series, and um, I definitely, I definitely want to check this out. You know, I wasn't, I uh, just blowing uh, smoke up his ass. This sounds very interesting, and the idea of him touching on this, this thing that I've been aware of in myself, where you know, I, I can't, I can't sit and read a fiction book. I'm just, I get bored. You know, I can sit and read nonfiction, and and you know, when I'm getting information, I, I'm, I'm about it. I'll, fun. But if it's just a story, I just don't care. Yet anybody who knows me knows how obsessed I am with, with movies and TVs and any new show here, any new movie, I want to, you know, pick it apart and watch any kind of an analysis video and all that kind of stuff. Um, so maybe there is, uh, maybe I just need to, to retrain myself to, to be open and to be a little bit more patient sometimes, because again, talking about how uh, things can be character driven or uh more plot driven um it's not usually one or the other it's usually just more more of one than the other um but yeah usually those those plot driven um stories require a little bit of uh patience because you don't have this this character you're rooting for or whatever the case may be um so if nothing else uh bob you've definitely uh encouraged me to try to read some more fiction um, but uh, that is bring Bob McClough from uh, Bring Home the Rain. Uh, Bob McCough, sorry, Bob McCough, Bring Home the Rain. Um, so you can check that out. All the links will be uh, where you can always find them. And as always, you can follow me on socials at I Dry B Lutch. That's I D R Y L U T C. Nope, I D R Y B. L-U-T-C-H, at I Dry Blutch. Thank you for coming, and we'll see you next time.